Hello. So I was listening to this video of Vivek Ramaswamy last night. Um, last night, referring to August 17th, 2023. He was giving some speech at the Richard Nixon Foundation. And I had previously heard him talk about the, the same issue uh, on a video from Tucker Carlson on Twitter. And this is Ramaswamy talking about uh, Taiwan and China. And, you know, and everybody's wondering what's going to happen with regard to China and Taiwan in the context of what is currently happening with Ukraine and Russia. And everybody, or at least everybody in the news, seems to equate these two things. Even though they're, they're, extru- they're vastly different. The only, the only similarities is that uh, Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union and has a, has a lot of ethnic Russians. Um, and obviously the people on Taiwan, on the island of Taiwan, came from China. And actually uh, many years ago was recognized by the United States as the actual People's Republic of China. Um, that's why whenever you see a label from something made in Taiwan, it usually say, uh, says uh, Taiwan ROC, Republic of China. But anyway, so you, you've got the, the, the main country and the tiny offshoot. That's probably where the similarities end. Um, You know, Ramaswamy also talked about in previous interviews, and I can't remember if he talked about it in this one because I'm just cutting out the part about Taiwan. Just about the the more more of the history between what is happening in Ukraine and Russia and NATO and and that entire history because it's far more complex than what the news is presenting, talking about simply. Uh, protecting democracy in Ukraine from the evil dictator Vladimir Putin. But when it comes to Taiwan, what is stopping China right now from moving in and taking over Taiwan? And I never really thought about it much until I started listening to Ramaswamy talk about uh, the semiconductor industry. And I knew, um, you know, Taiwan is where a great deal of the world's semiconductors are made. And I know that they're in every single product, just about every single uh, product that we use today, you know, especially electronics. And he likes to point out, you know, from the lights in the room to the cameras filming him, you know, to the phones in your pocket. You know, semiconductors are also used heavily in our weaponry. All the weapons are are smart weapons now, so, you know, smart bombs, smart this, smart that, smart missiles, blah, blah, blah. And we don't make, I don't, I don't even know, do we have any fab, um, semiconductor fabs in the United States? If we do, they're very few and far between. And what are they making? So a great deal of the world's semiconductors are made in Taiwan. And, you know, what is preventing China from moving in right now and taking over Taiwan? I mean, we're distracted. We're all over the place. But let me, let me play a little bit about what he was talking about last night. 
Why is it in our interest then to deter China from going after Taiwan if we're not doing the same with respect to Russia and Ukraine? The answer is it comes back down to American self-interest. Taiwan is responsible for the leading edge semiconductors that power our modern technologically facilitated lifestyle. Probably these lights that are shining in my face, the phones in our pockets, the computers that we type up our notes on, those cameras that are recording me in the back. These are powered by leading edge semiconductors that come from this tiny island nation off the southeast coast of China. I think it's regrettable that we got to a place where our modern way of life depends on that island nation, but that remains a fact. Which is why I've said that we will move from our, I believe, inexplicable posture of strategic ambiguity with respect to Taiwan in my first year to a position of strategic clarity, where I will be clear with China and with Taiwan that we will defend Taiwan if China invades Taiwan before we have semiconductor independence. In the now, th that's the important part. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about uh, Taiwan in this, in this manner. Um, again, it's always about the dictator invading the democracy. And while the United States should be out there promoting free elections and democratic processes for countries, um, for the people to, you know, to decide their own government and, and rules. But in the case of Taiwan, once, you know, he's, he's talking about having semiconductor independence. So I guess manufacturing either back in the United States or semiconductor manufacturing in some allied area that we control more closely. And he's talking about, the, you know, being very clear about defending Taiwan until the United States um, acquires semiconductor independence. So after, you know, that which, you know, that would, you would assume then that, that means that we will not defend Taiwan once that happens. And everybody's, at least some of the, the things I've seen online right now, they're saying like, well, he's just going to throw Taiwan to the dogs. You know, he's going to uh, allow China to just invade after, um, after we uh, obtain semiconductor independence. Let me play a little bit more about what he says. This country, I will lead us, I hope by the end of my first term, to semiconductor independence in this country. By 2028, I believe it is possible in the United States of America. And thereafter, we will be very clear that after the U.S. achieves semiconductor independence, our commitments to send our sons and daughters to put them in harm's way will change after we've achieved semiconductor independence. These are naked views that you're not supposed to share in public. These are the things you're supposed to keep in a hush-hush format, sweep under the rug, to know that you kind of mean these things, but you don't actually say them. I actually believe it is in our interest 
to unapologetically state to the world what I will state to you all at home, that it is my moral obligation as the next U.S. president to stand for the interests of Americans here in the homeland without apologizing for it. When I tell the rest of the global leaders that I mean it, they will know they can trust us. So, okay, he says it right there specifically that once we gain that independence, that we're no longer going to be bound to defend the island. Um, why, might, why might this be actually some, something smart? Or how could this actually be a deterrence to China in the future? Well, if you think about it right now, if the United States is, heavily, is so heavily dependent on Taiwan for semiconductors, for everything that we do, including our national security. That's got to make Taiwan an extremely attractive target for China. That's, and that's another thing that, you know, once I kind of thought this through, uh, why, why haven't they invaded already? I mean, yeah, I, I understand we're a superpower, they're a superpower, and nobody wants to really get into a, a hard conflict. And maybe it's moving in that direction. The more we disentangle ourselves business-wise from China. If, if we don't have economic interests together, uh, you know, similar and coexistent economic interests, then there's really nothing to stop China from going to war with the United States in some form or fashion, whether it's through Taiwan or some other, some other location. So since we're so heavily dependent on Taiwan, that should make Taiwan a very attractive target. But then after we gain semiconductor independence, that now kind of removes the attractiveness from Taiwan. What will China need Taiwan for if the United States has already, if you know, gained our independence from, from that handcuff? You know, I, I think that that actually might be a smart thing. You know, I'm not sure, but <laughs> just in thinking about that, it becomes a much less attractive target. You know, and I do enjoy listening to him talk out in the open about uh, strategy and and um, what he believes the direction that we should go in. It's kind of refreshing, and I think. Um, this might be the smartest thing. You know, he's, he's been talking a lot about, you know, separating Ukraine, uh, not Ukraine, uh, Russia from uh, China and their alliance. And that's something that I, I could never figure out what the hell we were doing. Um, from the Obama administration uh, on up, well, Trump really didn't do that so much. He, he was more embracing Russia and pushing China away, which is really what we need to do because as Ramaswamy is the only one that I've seen talk about this, the last thing in the world that we want is a Russia-China alliance, a military alliance where we have to fight those two in order to preserve ourselves. You know, instead, you know, that's why I see what, what was happening with, with Russia and Ukraine, where, you know, we don't have any real national interest in Ukraine. And then once we started cutting off Russia, well, 
again, once you don't have any joint economic interests, what is there to deter that other country from taking aggressive actions, you know, in areas of the world or even here? You know, what, what's stopping them? We've already done, what, what more can we do to Russia with all the sanctions and cutting them off from SWIFT and, and everything else? What, what else could we possibly do that hasn't already happened? Do we have any more ammunition in that regard? I don't know. But I, I just found this interesting. And with the way he puts it, with semiconductors, if we no longer rely strictly on Taiwan for semiconductors, if we have other sources or sources in the United States, I think that might actually make Taiwan less attractive to China and actually um, make the world a little bit safer and make, uh, make Taiwan safer. But that's just my, my thought for the week. So that's, that's it. That's all I got. I didn't get any smoother at making these. It's been over a year. I'll keep trying. Have a good week.